Hello, my name is Joy Hayashita Ludington, and I am 10 years old and live in Jackson, Wyoming. This is my episode of Kids Connect called Two Side. My episode is about racism. I chose this topic because it's something I've been thinking about this past year with the racial justice movement. I'm interested in how racism affects young people's lives, so I decided to interview Miss Lisa and Leah about when they were younger and how racism impacted them. I am sure, I'm actually very, very sure, that they're going to be completely different answers. Leo is born in Hawaii and is a person of color. He works at Teton County Library. Ms. Lisa was born in Alaska and is white and teaches at Kelly Elementary School. Now let's get started. Hi, Ms. Lisa. Hi, Joy. How are you doing this morning? Good. How are you? It's so lovely to see your face without a mask on. I just have to say that. <laughs> uh, um, so... I'm just going to ask you a few questions that I've been wondering about. So my first one is, in the past year, is there a book you especially liked that was written by a person of color? Yes. So just for full transparency, Joy and I have done this interview before. And the book that came to mind last time was Water Dancer by um, Ta-Nehisi Coates. I'm super sorry for butchering his name. Um, and I was talking to Joy about this book. One thing I love about it is that it's the story of, um, it's, it's set against slavery. So it's historical fiction. And, um, you think it's just going to be kind of this straightforward historical fiction book, but then a little bit of, um, fantasy magic gets thrown in. And, um, I kind of loved that piece because it made it a little more hopeful um, it was a story of people escaping and, and figuring out how they could leave slavery behind. Um, and it took a little magic to make it happen, um, which I think is kind of true in the world. Got to have a little magic. Yeah, I love, I love books like that. I do too. I, I love, I really like historical fiction, but mm-hmm. then I don't always like straightforward fantasy and I don't always I hear like you. straightforward historical fiction. Yep. And um, so I really like it when like a historical fiction book has like a little twist of magic. Exactly. I love that. Have you read books? Um, I'm trying to think of books in our room, books, your, your reading age level. I'm trying to think. Hmm. Well, a little bit Echo. Did you read Echo? Yeah, it's, it's so good. Yeah. So it's kind of like that. A little bit of magic threaded through. Okay, um, yeah, Echo is amazing. Favorite. Okay, um, when you were growing up, when you watch movies when you were younger, what roles did you see black people play? Is there any difference in today's movies? Yes, luckily there is a large difference. I, well, we could do better. Let me back up. When I was younger, I feel like people of color played... Um, I don't know how better to say this, but sidekick roles or really stereotypical roles that weren't necessarily true to our world. So um, I'm thinking of roles where um, there was a lot of imagery of black people as being poor um, or, 
you know, different people of color being immigrants or, you know, holding low, low paying jobs, being house cleaners and stuff like that in movies. And I just think that's not our best portrayal. Um, that might be true for some people, but that doesn't represent um, people of color on a whole. We know that we can't, we can't represent a huge, large group that's made up of very different people with very different stories with um, one representation. So um, I think things are getting better, but I'd say we still have a ways to go. Yeah, like I also, like I said in the last one, um, uh, when black people or like people of color, I usually see this with black people, but um, mm -hmm. when they don't have like a sidekick role or a. Right. Yeah, um, they're usually like the bad people. Hmm. And. Interesting noticing. Yeah. And I notice that like that's not really that fair because at all they aren't actually bad people no no um, um whether somebody's good or bad is an individual choice right which has nothing to do with their color of their skin or their ethnicity um sometimes people make bad choices and sometimes yeah. those people have white skin too <laughs> yeah that happened i mean Everybody, like, some, some people are, like, bad and, like, bad, but that doesn't, but it's not only black people and people of color. They can, absolutely. They, they're usually, like, really nice. I'd say most people are, right? <laughs> Just have to give them a chance. Yeah. <laughs> In general, having nothing to do with, you know skin color or um, where somebody comes from okay yeah definitely um so my last question is what was racism like growing up in Alaska yeah so um I thought a lot about this since we did our last interview because um it just really made me think about my my viewpoint of racism when I was growing up in Alaska as a kid I don't think that um, I think I was super aware. Um, and part of that was maybe I grew up in the eighties. Part of it is that I'm a white woman. Um, there's a lot of privilege that comes with that. And, um, it wasn't foremost in my mind, but I think again, that's because I'm a white woman or I was a white child at the time. Um, Anchorage has a lot of diversity, um, a large Asian population. There's a lot of people from Korea and China and Japan, a lot of Pacific Islanders. Um, and we also have an Air Force base that brings in a lot of people from all over the world. So there is a lot of diversity, plus Native Alaskans. Um, and I never really gave it a whole lot of thought. Um, I think, you know, to a large extent, when I think about my elementary school or my middle school or high school, a lot of groups kind of kept to themselves, which is maybe in itself a little bit of racism um, that we weren't comfortable having conversations together or you know bridging the gaps. Um, so my initial answer was I didn't really see a lot of racism, but I think that's because I wasn't actually looking for it. Um, I'm sure it was there. Yeah, um, I've, I've kind of, I don't know, 
I've kind of noticed this here, like, a little. I, it's like, kind of when you were growing up, it's kind of like that here. Yeah, um, say more about that. What do, what do you think about that? From my perspective, it seems kind of like people of color, they also tend to stick to their own groups. And, I mean, we have a few people at our school who are people of color, mm-hmm. but... Um, Really, there's not, like, any black people or anybody. No, it's pretty low diversity in our school. Um, I think in town you'd have more um, Hispanic kids from different places. Um, there's a little more diversity in that, but it's pretty low. Why do you think people stick to the to people that look like them? I don't know. I, I kind of think that, like, um, they might be scared and because if... Like, they went and just became friends with a white person, then you never know. That white person could easily, like, become not their friend anymore, and they could start to do bad stuff um, to that person. And so I feel like if they stick, they might want to stick to their own group because... um, they're just scared. Mm-hmm. Or maybe it's more comfortable, especially if language is involved. If you're learning a new language, oh, yeah. it's just more yeah. comfortable. But I also think about like our conversation about movie stereotypes and how, um, you know, sometimes that's based on a lot of times that's based on things that aren't true. And uh, we have to kind of make those efforts to do things that might feel a little uncomfortable before we realize, huh, this person's just like me. I just needed to make that effort. So sometimes I think about that in this community. Um, Because you're right, we do mostly tend to stick to people that look similar to us or have similar cultures. Um, But it's kind of cool to branch out, meet somebody new. Um, Yeah, thank you. So, hi, hi, Leah. Um, I'm just going to ask go. you three questions. Okay. Um, so, the first one is, in the past year, is there a book you especially liked that was written by a person of color? Yes. And I brought three books to share with you that I read this year. One is called Minor Feelings by Kathy Park Hong, and she is Korean American. And I read it, some of it I read camping, some of it I read at home. And oh, look at that. It's in your house. And look at my copy. I put like a, whenever there's something important that I really like, I put a post it note so I can go back and find it easily rather than dog ear the pages and underline. So I did that. And I first had the library copy, so I didn't want to mark up the library copy. Then I had to buy my own copy. So it's a book of essays about um, Kathy Park Hong's experience um, being Asian American. And then she weaves in um, history and context into her own personal experiences and then contextualizes it in um, a bigger conversation about race Uh, and it was really really good as you can see like everything spoke to me and I pretty much put three post-it notes on every page and then I also liked another Korean American writer uh, Min Jin Lee is this novel called Pachinko 
which is really lovely. And it um, spans um, several generations of a family. And it is kind of set in the time of uh, Japan's occupation of Korea. And it goes in and out of their family history. And it's a love story and it's about women. And it was such a good book. And I recommend it to anyone. And I heard somebody just recently told me it's going to be a movie. So there's that. And then um, I also recommend Claudia Rankin's new book, Just Us. And it is a mix between poetry and essay and art. So like if I open it up and I kind of flip through the pages, like you can see there's lots of like artwork in it. And she interrogates language and culture and race. And when you say just us over and over, it sounds like justice too. So there is that. So like, I've also watched her have um, interviews and conversations with other poets online and she talks about it. And so like when she says the title of her book, like justice, it sounds like justice. So there, I think that is intentional to um, the way language and we is, um, nuanced and we play with it and there's overlapping meaning so yeah oh, so I, I I really like the sound of that book right and we have it at the library too so I we have all of these books at the library so you can borrow anybody listening to this podcast and Jackson can come borrow it at the library whoa so yeah we have the first two books uh Pachinko and uh, Minor Feelings. Yeah, very good. My mom, I don't know if she started the Minor Feelings, but I bet you she's going to think it's really good. I'll, I'll talk to your mom about it. We'll have conversations about it. It'll be good. Okay, um, so my second question is, when you watch movies when you were younger, what roles did you see Black people play? Is there any difference in today's movies? Okay, so I was thinking about this and I was like, so I'm thinking about it as an adult, remembering how I was as a child watching the movies, right? And I was thinking that, and, I, and that's called, the term for that is retrospective distance. So like looking back in time and the time that it was between now and then when you were a child. Um, and I watched a lot of cartoons as movies. So there weren't a, like, there weren't any humans, right? So they were all like animated people. Um, and then otherwise there weren't too many black people that I can recall the movies. I watched like the um, Goonies or the Breakfast Club or um, uh, 16 Candles and that kind of stuff. So they were very peripheral, black people played um, like minor characters in the movies I watched, but the TV shows that I watched, there were lots of all black casts like um, 227, uh, Fresh Prince of Bel-Air, Cosby Show, um, Family Matters with Steve Urkel and even like other TV shows like Family, matters no not family matters um facts of life with 2d you know so there were lots there were, it was very there what i remember watching as a child was that um black people were heavily represented in tv and even in sesame street so i think sesame street 
like came out in the 70s and I was born in 1978 and there were like Gordon was on Sesame Street and there are lots of black um, recurring characters there so that it wasn't unusual for me to see them and they and what roles did they play they played all the roles like they were very wealthy like uh, Mr. Banks in Fresh Prince of Bel-Air and the Cosbys and um, yeah they just played all the roles I didn't see a lot of Asian Americans in TV or movies. Like I didn't see myself represented in the media. Um, and even if they, and if there were Asians, it was like that little boy who was in um, Goonies or Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom or in, um, what, what was that movie with Long Duck Dong? Um, so it was, so there were just mainly men um, and just a couple people that played roles, but yeah, I didn't see myself reflected in, in the movies, but how, um, black, their roles for black people today, I feel like there's definitely a lot more films that I watch, um, with black people in it and black people making the films as well. Oh, that's cool. Do you, did you ever wish that you would like see yourself in the movie like not literally myself like I didn't want to be the actor but I did want to see um people that looked like me I mean Hawaii so I'm from Hawaii and Hawaii had um some local tv shows like they I remember they made a um a cinder a Hawaii version of Cinderella called Sisterella and it so it was kind of like local modern Hawaii interpretation of Cinderella and I loved it so much and I felt like it was specifically for us and the people looked like me oh there was Hawaii Five-0 was a tv show and it was set and filmed in Hawaii and like my grandmother at one point was an extra in the film but that was before I was born so I never got to see her on tv um so there were those kinds of things. Oh, and there's that movie North Shore that was about surfing on the North Shore. And I'm from the North Shore of Oahu. And that was exciting to see like places that were my home in the movie. Um, so that's as close as I got like place, like seeing the place that I'm from in the big screen, but not necessarily um, people that look like me. But yes, I would say, I think it's always helpful to see representation of yourself in the media so this last one is kind of it's kind of like the last one well not really but it's also my last question what was racism like growing up in Hawaii so I can only speak from my experience right so like I can't speak for every so everybody had their own experience with it um and I was a child. So again, like your parents try to shield you from all these things. Um, but I am, my mother is Filipino, my dad is Jewish, and there's a term in Hawaii called hapa, which traditionally means um, mixed race, um, but it kind of took on the term to mean like half white, um, or, or it traditionally means half Hawaiian. Um, but then it became kind of half white and mixed with something else. Um, but every there's, I would say predominantly, at some point that I saw a stat that said 90% of all people in Hawaii are not white. So it is, 
ironically majority minority. And um, a lot of those non-white people are mixed race. So I would say a lot of people looked like me growing up. And I remember in elementary school, everybody like rattled off all the different like ethnicities that they had. Um, and Hawaii is unique because there were these agriculture waves of the, um, the sugar plantations and the pineapple fields where they had immigrants from all different countries come in and work in them. And um, so like people from Japan and China and Korea and uh, Portugal and um, the Philippines and Polynesian people and they would all work on the plantations and um, came up with a language called Hawaiian Pidgin, which is an official language, which is kind of like based on English, but has all these words from all these other languages mixed in so that they could have a common language with each other. Um, so Hawaii took on this um, kind of persona of having, of being a melting pot of all these different races. And there, it's kind of upheld as this place where race racism doesn't exist because it's so mixed. And I would say yes and no, like it definitely is heavily mixed and has its own culture based on um, into it, but there still are like divisions and faction, factions and stereotypes. Um, and I remember there was a, a famous local comedian named Frank DeLima, and he would make all these jokes about all these different races. And it was just universally funny to everyone. And as a child, like you don't quite, like I kind of questioned like, oh, is that racist? Is that stereotype? But everybody thought it was funny. Um, and now thinking back, I'm like, is that funny? Is that good to make fun of it? I don't, and I don't know the answer to it. Um, but there definitely still is racism. But as a child, I, I didn't, really feel it myself in Hawaii. Um, but half of my family is white and Jewish. And when I would go visit them in Cleveland, Ohio, um, it definitely felt like they were richer and all that kind of stuff. But it's hard to say growing up in, like I, if I were to go back now, I would have a different lens of what racism is like there now. But yeah, I would think it's different for everybody there. Yes, definitely. So mm -hmm. um, I just interviewed somebody from Alaska. Oh, yeah. It was like completely different than your answer. Cool. So, yeah, I thought that was pretty cool. Yeah, the 49th and the 50th states, totally different and not yeah. part of the, the U.S. Yeah, thank mm -hmm. you. You're welcome. Thank you. This is fun. Thanks for listening to my podcast, Two Sides. A special thank you to Miss Lisa and Leah who made this episode possible. I sure learned a lot. I hope you did too. If you want to hear more from Kids Connect, please stay tuned. Signing off, I'm your host, Joy Hayashida Luddington.